the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're off to see the wizard. And we may find him in the Senate. Dr. Oz made it official today. He's, uh, he is entering the primary. He's going to try to get the Republican nomination for the seat that's going to be opened up when Pat Toomey leaves. His name is actually Mehmet Oz, Dr. Mehmet Oz. Maybe you've seen his TV show, Dr. Oz. He's really good on TV. Take it from a TV guy. Uh, he's really good for a guy who came out of nowhere. And here's what he said today, quote, I'm running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania because America needs a conservative Republican to cure what's wrong with Washington. I'm a world-class surgeon, fighter, and health care advocate stepping forward to cure our country's ills, unquote. Hey, why not? He's, he's not a politician, and the only experience he really has in government is serving on the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. And that's a good thing. We need more non-politicians. And he might bring some sanity to the COVID-19 hysteria as a doctor. He said, quote, uh, COVID has shown us that our system is broken. We lost too many lives, too many jobs, and too many opportunities because Washington got it wrong. They took away our freedom without making us safer and tried to kill our spirit and our dignity, unquote. So this is a good time to be running as a Republican. By the time the election gets here 11 months from now, gas will probably be about five bucks a gallon. And the big guy might still be trying to get us all to wear masks everywhere, even though, and who knows where inflation will be. And, and even though he only wears a mask, by the way, when people are watching. Uh, since Sean Parnell dropped out because of a family issue, the race is wide open. I don't know about you, but I'd be perfectly okay with all 535 members of Congress leaving tomorrow morning and giving 535 non-politicians a chance. I mean, how much worse could they be? Well, when we come back, speaking of non-politicians, we're going to talk to the man who was Donald Trump, a non-politician, a man who was Donald Trump's chief of staff in his last year in office, a pretty uh, interesting last year. That would be Mark Meadows. Stick around. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. 
but I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, while we're waiting for uh, Mark Meadows to call in, uh, he may not call in for a couple more minutes here. I sh- I had to. I- I'm-, I'm glad I get a chance while we're waiting to uh, talk about the insanity that's out there still for COVID-19. I-, I-, I went to Canada. I finally got into Canada after two years of not being able to go to our place in a small town whose the, the name of which uh, I will not divulge. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. I don't want, I don't want, I, nothing personal. I, it's a great place and I like keeping it a secret. It's only a few hours away from here. Anyway, I was there and every single person there had a mask. You, you couldn't go in in any building without every single person in there wearing a mask. I took my dogs. I was by myself. So I took my dogs uh, up to uh, Niagara on the Lake, which is a great place. Uh, it's really nice at Christmas time, and I went for a walk up there with my dogs, and it was 25 degrees with about a 20 mile an hour breeze, really cold, um, and um, everybody walking. I'd say 90 percent of the people walking on the sidewalk were wearing masks outside, 25 degrees, wearing masks. That's that's what you're dealing with up there. And I went to a drive-thru and a girl came out with a to bring my food out to me. She was wearing a gigantic plastic shield with a mask underneath it. That's what they're dealing with up in Canada. So anyway, uh, Joe Biden is coming up on 11 months in office. And how, how do you think he's doing so far? And how much different would things be if, you know, Donald Trump were 11 months into his second term? Mark Meadows might still be his chief of staff. That's what he was for the last year of his first term. He's written a book called The The Chief's Chief, and he joins us now. Uh, Mark, thanks for being here. It's great to be with you and all the listeners. And I can tell you, if Donald Trump were in the Oval Office, gas prices would be less. Uh, we would have uh, actually gotten out of Afghanistan without losing 13 service members. We'd have a secure border. It'd be very different than it is right now, sadly. I don't think too many people, well, maybe the, some crazed Democrats and people in the media would disagree with it, but I can't disagree with that. So uh, <clears throat> when you saw Donald Trump come down that escalator in 2015, did you think he had a chance to win? And could you have imagined becoming his chief of staff a few years later? Well, I, I certainly couldn't have imagined becoming his chief of staff. Uh, I can tell you when he came down the the escalator, uh, there were a lot of people who believed in him, uh, mainly millions of Americans across the country. Uh, I, I, I confess uh, I was not one of the ones that thought that he was going to be the nominee. 
but that quickly, quickly changed. And he reminds me of that, that as I campaigned with him, as he was candidate Donald Trump back in 2016, uh, all across North Carolina, I said, I've never seen the energy that I've seen. And, and it's basically because he was authentic. He was willing to say what he thought and believe in America and love America. And that's what a lot of a lot of your listeners are missing right now. And uh, we just saw the news uh, a little while ago that uh, Dr. Oz is running for the Senate here in Pennsylvania, another non-politician. Um, is that a good thing that people like, uh, well, Donald Trump started started the trend and people like Dr. Oz, who are obviously smart people with no political experience, are coming out and saying, let me give it, let me take a shot at this? Well, listen, if, uh, you know, I can't speak to, I'm going to let the people of Pennsylvania talk about Dr. Oz. I happen to know him. I've, I've dealt with him uh, and uh, spoke to him on COVID-related uh, measures. But I can say this, is people are looking for authenticity. And uh, we've had career politicians in Washington, D.C. for a long time, and it doesn't work out real well. I like uh, the, the resume for Donald Trump and anybody who's willing to be a non-politician and willing to go in and serve uh, my hats off to them. Yeah, uh, you, you took the job uh, in March of 2020 as uh, chief of staff when COVID-19 was uh, just getting started. The hysteria was just beginning to build. Um, that was an issue that you, you couldn't have foreseen, I wouldn't think. What was it like in the White House during those early days when you, when you first showed up for work there in March? Well, listen, every decision, it was tough. I outlined that in the, in the book. Uh, you know, literally the very first call I got after uh, Donald Trump announced that I was going to be his chief of staff was a call from the Situation Room saying that I was going to have to quarantine because I had been exposed to COVID-19. And so that's how my uh, life as chief of staff started. But here's the interesting thing is each and every decision uh, had life and death uh, implications, and yet the president uh, not only would stay up and, and work it, he would work around the clock. Uh, one of the things that uh, people get wrong about President Trump is his work ethic. Uh, he about worked me to death. He'd call it all hours of the, the night and morning uh, with a to-do list and expected you to get them done in Trump time, which meant the following day. Well, he wasn't... Um from the beginning, he wasn't shy about, or there was no, there were no apologies from him for being there. Like, hey, listen, I don't know what I'm doing here. Give me a, give me a chance to figure this out. He, he, he just hit the ground running, didn't he? He hit the ground running and, and, and bluntly asked a, a lot of the very, very tough, tough questions. He was, uh, he was just really intent on trying to make sure that, that people gave him good advice and, uh, and he took it from a business perspective. I think he brought his real estate and his business perspective to Washington, D.C. Uh, and, and in that business, you don't get paid unless you get results. Uh, you don't get paid uh, for talking like so many politicians. And so he was a result, results-oriented president. You know, I, when, when, ever since we've seen this, uh, what they're calling the supply chain crisis, um, that's something that really jumped out at me as something that Donald Trump would be perfectly suited for because that would be a an issue, a problem that he would approach as a businessman. I mean, he was a he was a um, he was a developer, a builder, and he had to deal with those kinds of things. There's a job that needs to be done; it's not getting done. Let's fix it. That seems like a perfect issue for him. Well, it, it is a perfect issue, and I spoke to him the other day, and, and getting the supply chain fixed is something that not only he would personally engage in, but he could get done. You know, it, it's interesting. Joe Biden says what we need to do is change our expectation and just wait a little longer, wait for things to get better. Uh, that was never do Donald Trump style. In fact, he would have called us all into the Oval Office and said, we're not leaving here until we get this resolved, and it's got to be resolved tonight. And, uh, and, and I got to see that up close and personal. He was not willing to take no for an answer. Sounds like a good leader. What, what was your um, opinion of Dr. Anthony Fauci then when you took over, when you took the job in March of 2020? And what's your opinion of him now? <laughs> well, my opinion uh, stayed the same. Uh, I, and I outlined this in the book, 
he's the only guy that could get take four positions uh, on the same issue on the same day and have them contradict one another. Uh, he obviously loved the media more than he loved uh, to read his science journal. And as we see that, we see more of that today. And, uh, and whether it's his position on masks or his position on vaccines or his position on, on therapeutics, uh, it's forever changing depending on what uh, host might be interviewing him. We're talking to uh, Mark Meadows. He's uh, the former chief of staff for Donald Trump, and he's written a book called The Chief's Chief. Um, So did you and President Trump ever have any serious discussions about firing Fauci? Yeah, there were some uh, serious discussions. You know, part of the the problem is is that uh, late, you know, when you're in the middle of a crisis, uh, what you you don't want to do is try to change personnel necessarily, especially... uh, you know, much to our chagrin, uh, Dr. Fauci had almost hero status uh, by those on the left. But that's one of the reasons why uh, Dr. Atlas was brought in. He had a different perspective. He was willing to push back. And, and the president loved having two different opinions. Even if he didn't agree with one or the other, he wanted to have that back and forth. It's what I call creative chaos. He was able to do that and then make real good decisions based on, on the uh, information. So uh, Dr. Atlas ended up giving a lot more uh, input in terms of policy towards the end than uh, Dr. Fauci did. Yeah, uh, Dr. Scott Atlas you're talking about, he's written a book too. It's called A Plague Upon Our House, uh, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. Um, what was the dynamic between Atlas and Fauci, and should or could the, the, the president have let Atlas take the lead? And if he had, how would things have uh, been different if maybe Atlas had been in charge? Well, I think part of what we found was uh, obviously uh, their positions, Dr. Atlas and Dr. Fauci, uh, were, were certainly not uh, what I would say running on parallel tracks. Uh, they, uh, they had different opinions, although herd immunity, which is something that uh, Dr. Atlas talked about, was something that Dr. Fauci uh, espoused early on. And it wasn't until much later that, uh, uh, you know, he, he started talking about the vaccine, uh, even though he had told President Trump that the vaccine was not going to be possible for as much as two to five years. What was um, your opinion of the media before Donald Trump, and how much did it change since Donald Trump? Not only when you were working for him, but just seeing how he was treated the first three years of his term. Well, I mean, uh, I never used the word fake news. Uh, Being a member of Congress, I often saw the tilt to the left, but a lot of the Capitol Hill reporters, honestly, uh, uh, even though they might have a tilt to the left, tried to get it right. When I went to the White House, I got to see up close and personal what uh, uh, the president had been dealing with over and over again. I mean, they would make up stories. They would use uh, anonymous sources. You could go on the record and, and refute it. And, and even with that, uh, there just wasn't the ability uh, to, to move the, the leftist media uh, in Donald Trump's favor. And, and yet he granted more interviews than Joe Biden ever thought of. Uh, I talk about it in the book. It's called Chopper Talk. He would go out when the, the, the blades were going on Marine One, and he'd look down the line, and he'd see you know, somebody from PBS or Jim Acosta from CNN, and he would uh, go right for them and answer their questions and have a back and forth. It kept him sharp on the issues, uh, but he never was treated fairly. He also, by doing that, took, uh, took the media... He kept the media uh, stars from be- being stars. They weren't on camera. He was, you couldn't, in the media room, they have it set up so that when someone asks a question, there's a camera that uh, takes a shot of the, of the questioner. Uh, and if he does it as a, as a, you know, hit and miss kind of thing in front of the helicopter, it's just them, it's a scrum. And they're firing questions at him, and it, he takes control, doesn't he? Well, that was exactly right, and and it was that control that he he was able to to actually get his message uh, drawn. And, and you're right; it took the camera off of them, 
uh, they didn't like that. Oftentimes, a number of these people, all they wanted to do is to place a, an a gotcha question so that they could have a viral moment uh, on their own network. And I, I can say that uh, it was a masterful way that he engaged the media. And, uh, and still today, uh, Donald Trump makes more news than anybody else, and that includes uh, the guy that's currently sitting in the Oval Office at 1600 Pennsylvania. And I'm guessing that wasn't an accident that he decided to move it out of the press room and, and put it on his terms in front of the helicopter. Well, it was not just uh, an accident. It was a plan that he had. Uh, obviously, he would do that. He would bring them in at times into the Oval Office, into a scrum there. Uh, he was constantly looking for uh, the place to have those interviews and, and how to basically get his message uh, through a very tilted media out to the American people. Uh, you know, and, and, and we looked at communication. One of my great hires was uh, bringing in Kaylee McEnany. She came in uh, very early on. I think I brought her in in, in May of, of 2020. And, uh, and she embraced that fully. And so we had a, a whole team that would get him uh, uh, ready with some of the hard questions. And then he would, he would actually make personal notes, take his big Sharpie pen out and say, well, we're going to say this and say that. Uh, it was none of this. Uh, here's a list of people that you've got to call on. Uh, it was Donald Trump driven every, each and every day. We're talking to Mark Meadows. Uh, he's a former uh, chief of staff for Donald Trump in his last year uh, in 2016. Uh, and he, I'm sorry, 2020. And he's written a book called The Chief's Chief. A couple of minutes left here. Uh, a year ago, there were a lot of claims about election fraud, and there are still investigations going on, including here in Pennsylvania. How confident were you then that there was massive fraud, and how much has your opinion changed since then? Well, I... I I've seen no evidence to suggest that there wasn't fraud. Uh, I can tell you whether it's in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin or Georgia or any of the other places, uh, those are things that need to be fully investigated. They haven't been fully investigated. In fact, they've been largely dismissed. And, uh, and for me, I, I think that there's uh, nothing more precious than the ballot box. Uh, we've seen enough evidence and fraud in different areas that, We've got to restore that confidence to the American people, whether that's through audits, whether that's through changing state law, or whether that's abiding with state law like uh, should have been done in the, in the great Commonwealth. Uh, I guess the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, I guess you're one of two Commonwealths. Is that correct? Yeah, we're a Commonwealth. We have a, we have a, a governor who thinks he's a king, but, uh, but it is a Commonwealth. Um. Yeah, well, we, we just need to continue to, to make sure that voter election integrity is, uh, is a high priority and not just dismiss it. We have about a minute and a half left here with Mark Meadows. You, you were subpoenaed by the House uh, Select Committee investigating January 6th, I believe, and you refused to comply. Uh, Adam Schiff says he's considering referring you for uh, criminal contempt. Are you expecting that? Have a problem with it? Well, we're, we are expecting it. Uh, we, we told the committee that we were willing to, to uh, come in and answer uh, any questions that were not considered privileged. But if they uh, have executive privilege, in, indeed, uh, Donald Trump has said that he is claiming executive privilege, and I'm going to honor that. I'm not going to be a chief of staff that goes against that. And uh, so if it leads me down uh, a path uh, where I'm, uh, you know, having to rely on the courts to uh, hopefully weigh in. Uh, that's what I'm willing to do. In the meantime, we're working in a spirit of compromise to try to, to answer some of the questions that are uh, not covered by executive privilege, and hopefully that will show. I can tell you what they'll hear from me is, is that Donald Trump and no one in the West Wing had any understanding or any uh, knowledge of a security breach that was going to happen at the Capitol on January 6th. And that message needs to get out. 30 seconds left. Was it an inside job? You know, in, in terms of that, I, I think uh, the FBI has been reviewing that. I have no knowledge that it was an inside job. Uh, candidly, uh, it was not a coordinated effort. I think uh, everybody is, is weighed in on that. 
And I, I'm, uh, I just think that a lot of Americans are ready for us to have lower gas prices and focus on other things other than January 6th. I agree with you. Mark, I appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the book. It's called uh, Chief's Chief. And uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. God bless. Okay, that's Mark Meadows. Again, the book is Chief's Chief. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Someone opened fire at a high school north of Detroit. It happened in Oxford Township, a suburb north of Detroit. The suspected shooter arrested a handgun recovered. Former Vice President Mike Pence says he hopes the Supreme Court will rule in support of a Mississippi law that bans abortions after 15 weeks or overturns Roe v. Wade altogether. I came here today to speak about right and wrong, to say life is a human right and urge the Supreme Court of the United States to choose life. The case being argued Wednesday comes from Mississippi, where a 2018 law would ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The Supreme Court has never allowed states to ban abortion before the point at roughly 24 weeks. This is SRN News. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them the cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the place, everyone had such a smile on their face. Mortgage or rent had been paid for all next year. Twas the Christmas mortgage miracle sweepstakes that brought so much cheer. You too can enter before it drops out of sight. Enter one, enter all, and to all a good night. Sign up today at TheAnswerPGH.com. Brought to you by Robin Jones, a weekly realtor. This November, here's to mustaches in all their glory. To the first peach fuzz ones, the lopsided ones, the unexpectedly sexy ones, to the black, brown, and red ones, to the stately salt and pepper ones, to the ones grown by the men we love, the ones grown for the men we love, those with us today and those never forgotten. A mustache in November is a powerful thing. It helps raise funds and awareness for men's mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. So rally a crew, friends, family, co-workers, and take on Movember together. And there are plenty of ways to get involved in Movember, even if you can't grow a mustache. Help us change the face of men's health. Go to Movember.com and let's get this hairy party started. That's Movember with an M as in mustache.com. Movember is a registered 501c3 organization. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800 800- 500-8384 ReliefFactor.com AM 1250 and FM 92.5 The Answer WPGP Pittsburgh W223CS Pittsburgh A division of Salem Media Group Listen on The Answer mobile app Smart speakers Tune in iHeart or Odyssey Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer Looks like a busy Tuesday afternoon and evening on tap on the Parkway East inbound 
Your trip taking close to an extra 10 minutes between Forbes Avenue and the Fort Pitt Bridge, outbound a little heavy into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, it's about a five-minute delay between Banksville Road outbound to Carnegie. On inbound 279 Parkway North, delays Reedsdale Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 30. Continued mostly cloudy tomorrow with a shower in the area late in the afternoon. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 45. We'll see a shower in the evening, otherwise considerable cloudiness tomorrow night with a low of 40. Thursday, mostly cloudy skies and windy. We'll reach a high Thursday of 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the local media have been doing a really good job of not investigating possible infanticide uh, going on at Pitt and UPMC. The national media do keep bringing it up. And a local guy, Ryan Navarro, who uh, is a, was a behavioral therapist for UPMC, wrote about it yesterday for the Federalist. He thought he had to, had to after His Excellency Tom Wolfe showed up in Pittsburgh last week, and Ryan joins us now. Thanks for being here. Sure. Uh, so why did uh, Tom Wolf showing up at McGee Hospital last week strike a chord with you that, uh, that resulted in you writing this piece at The Federalist? Yeah, so uh, I left my job at UPMC uh, back in April after I had read about a taxpayer-funded study uh, that would have been published last year. And in the study, the scalps of second trimester babies who were at the gestational age of 18 to 20 weeks, um, so these were obtained through elective and medically indicated abortions at UPMC McGee. So they were attached to mice and rats by researchers at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, And so prior to that, I didn't realize that UPMC McGee was an abortion provider. Uh, And it turns out that the hospital is the largest abortion provider in the state. Uh, and that they've been uh, participating in these types of fetal research projects for decades uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, and now there's serious ethical and legal questions regarding their role in the fetal experimentation. Um, you know, whether um, there's what's going on there is, is legal or not, whether um, they're doing the ethical, um, taking the ethical steps to um, be able to ensure that these uh, things are happening in the right way. Yeah, and um, so how many former and uh, current UPMC or McGee Hospital employees do you think had the same reaction that you did? Maybe not necessarily uh, the reaction that would cause them to leave their job, but to be a little upset about this. Well, I think the problem is that so the local media has been pretty silent about this. Um, if you were to look into the conservative media, there's been quite a bit of coverage uh, but if you were to ask um, people within Pittsburgh and even so students at the University of Pittsburgh, I know that they, there were some reporters who had gone around and talked to students there, and uh, I, none of the students knew that this was going on. Uh, the only thing that was reported within Pittsburgh, and it was, I believe, by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and, uh, and KDKA had put out uh, information about an independent review that the University of Pittsburgh is doing um, mm-hmm. for to kind of uh, review their fetal tissue practices. But other than that, there's not been a lot of local reporting. Um, so I, I would imagine that most UPMC employees are not even aware that this is going on. And even so, there's even some uh, employees within McGee who are still learning about this. That's uh, interesting. I, I've been talking about it a lot here since uh, the first story broke a few months ago about, you know, what's been going on there. Uh, and I've been asking here on the show and asking on Twitter and everywhere else I can why uh, the local media are not interested in this story. What, do you have any theories about that? I did talk to some of them. I went to uh, Duquesne University held a, um, it was an ethical journalism, um, conf- not conference, but a panel discussion. Uh, and I got a chance to talk to um, some of the, reporters at the Tribune Review and some of the other local news outlets, and they seem to think that people aren't really interested in this. And I think that the reason people aren't interested uh, in it is that they don't really understand it. Um, I think 
fetal tissue research is kind of an abstract concept. Um, There's been a little more discussion on it now that we have the um, the vaccines and you know what role Mm -hmm. um, did fetal tissue research play in those, but uh, people just don't really make that connection to. Um, to abortion so much for, for some reason. I think there's just not a lot of information out there about it. Well, um, I don't know how to say this uh, gently, but uh, and I can only use certain words on the radio, but what those people from the media told you is a hot, steaming pile of horse manure is what it is. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I worked in local TV news. <clears throat> uh, I was actually, <clears throat> excuse me, sports, but uh, I know how the local TV news uh, operations work, and this is a great local story that will draw eyeballs. And the only way that it doesn't get reported, as, at least in my opinion, is if it's being uh, purposely ignored. They don't want it. Uh, I, there's a theory out there, and I don't know if uh, yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot, and uh, you're not necessarily. Oh, uh, um, you know, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily know whether this is true or not, but uh, there are people who tell me that they think it's just because UPMC spends lots of money on the three local TV stations and they don't want to touch it. But I that's, think that's, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and I had the same theory. I think I and honestly, I've been trying to get this out there since G- back in January, whenever I had first read about that study. Um, and like I said, it's just been. Uh, a lot of walls have been put up uh, in terms, I think, even even trying to get editorials, um, or not editorials, but op-eds published locally has been a real big challenge. Uh, and, yeah, I would imagine that there's, you know, there's certainly sponsorship deals involved. You know, UPMC is the biggest employer in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't even put out any type of statement on this. You have Leslie Davis, who's now the president and CEO of UPMC, who used to be the president of UPMC McGee. Um, she has not been challenged at all on this. Um, and there's been plenty of stories from her kind of taking over that role um, earlier this year. So, you know, local reporters have certainly talked to her, but that has not come up in, in those discussions, to my knowledge. Yeah. Well, that, that's willful ignorance there. Um, who is Dr. Chen, and why did you, why is there a problem with uh, at least as far as you're concerned with her role in all this? So, Dr. Chen, she oversees abortions at UPMC McGee and also at Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania, and she also serves as a vice chair on Pitt's Institutional Review Board. And the Institutional Review Board at the University of Pittsburgh approves the fetal experimentation projects. Uh, so, why that's a conflict of interest is. She could be learning about, uh, you know, the fetal tissue that's needed in certain studies and then be going back to McGee, going to Planned Parenthood and, you know, saying, okay, here's what we need and and kind of getting that fetal tissue. Uh, My other concern with that is that there may be, um, you know, women who go to Planned Parenthood to have an abortion or at least they're questioning whether that's that's what they want to do and then they're transferred over to UPNC McGee for the purpose of obtaining the fetal tissue. Um, so she has a lot of power in terms of how those things are coordinated uh, and I view that as a big conflict of interest because there's also money involved here. Um, and so um, you know the, the fetal tissue process is um, profitable. Uh, so, so it's it's sort of concerning that there there's being there's these <laughs> transfers going on. Uh, and this, this she's not the first doctor to have those three positions. Uh, before her, there was a gentleman named Mitch Crennan who uh, also was on the IRB, and he was overseeing um, abortions at McGee and at Planned Parenthood. So this is sort of a pattern. Uh, and the question is, you know, how ethical are these doctors when they're uh, you know, getting uh, um, obtaining uh, informed consent, and um, you know, going through this whole process. Yeah, do women who sign consent forms for uh, their aborted babies to be used in experiments at Pitt really know what they're signing up for? Is there any? Well, and that's, uh, that's, and that's, that's that was one of ahead. my main questions, and I had reached out to Dr. Chen about this before I left. UPMC, uh, and I didn't get a response, but that was one of the main things. You know, what is that process? What does that look like? You know, these women are, a lot of the times, they they 
have the feeling that they're in crisis, they don't know what to do, um, and this informed consent is probably one of many things that they're signing, do they really know what's going on? Um, you know, how much information are they given? Are they given time to make that decision? Um, you know, that, that's a really important question that we really don't know the answer to. Yeah, and um, that's something that the media, uh, that's the kind of thing that the media should be interested in, and they're just dropping the ball on it. Um, so, uh, and, and we're, we're talking to Ryan Navarro. He's a former mental health counselor for UPMC. He's written a piece at The Federalist about uh, Tom Wolf showing up there at McGee Hospital to, uh, I guess, uh, I guess the way you put it, Ryan, was to celebrate McGee Hospital, which is the hospital that kills more babies than any hospital in the, in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his administration's looking to improve maternal health services, and that was the hospital that they highlighted um, to kind of start this new program that they're doing. Yeah, it doesn't do a lot for the health of the babies, does it? Um, <clears throat> well, no. <laughs> so do, do you think experiments are being done on living babies in, in, in all of this? Well, and that's, that's a really big question. So there was a, um, a, a judicial watch recently, or it was uh, earlier this year, they uh, sued for a 2015 grant application uh, mm-hmm. that was from the University of Pittsburgh to um, the NIH, to the National Institutes of Health. And, um, one of the concerns is that uh, the uh, babies at that are that are aborted are being aborted alive because they really want to reduce the time between uh, the abortions and the collection of the fetal tissues. Um, and and th- these are fetal organs at this point in terms of uh, the development of the baby. Um, so that's something, that's another area that, that we're um, kind of curious about and wondering is whether, whether that's been the case. And we know that it was the case. Um, there was a nurse back in 1972 who provided testimony to Pennsylvania's Abortion Law Commission, and she witnessed moving, breathing fetuses being packed in ice and rushed to a laboratory at McGee. Uh, and there, I talked to another uh, nurse, this would have been in 1987, who was um, told during a job interview, um, she, was, she was shown a room where the aborted babies were taken um, when, when they were still alive. Um, so this is, you know, we see a pattern here. And so we're wondering, well, when, did it stop at a certain point um, or had, did it go on through 2015 whenever they had submitted this grant application um, where they were trying to reduce the time between uh, the abortions and the collection of the fetal tissue? It's um, kind of disturbing to think about, you're talking about the uh, sale of human body parts. And we and it's and it's accepted. It's like yeah, absolutely. No, no. And it's and it's not and it's not just um, between UPMC McGee Hospital and the University of Pittsburgh. The NIH did award the university. It was a one point five million dollar grant toward a project that made um, the University of Pittsburgh an aborted aborted fetal tissue hub and collection site. So um, we're talking about you know over a million dollars for them to distribute fetal tissue around the country. Um, so this is a very big project that happened, and it ha- happened under Leslie Davis's watch when she was overseeing UPMC McGee Hospital. What was the significance of uh, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro um, announcing his candidacy in Pittsburgh recently? Yeah, so he chose to come to Pittsburgh to announce, to launch his uh, gubernatorial campaign, um, and he... He had, on the same day, he accepted an endorse, he accepted an endorsement from Planned Parenthood. He also discussed in his speech about how he would continue to protect abortion rights. Meanwhile, you have um, the UPNC steel tower in the background of his speech. Um, so, and this was the day after um, I had mentioned that uh, 2015 grant application, where there well there was 92 Senate and House members who sent a letter to the Biden administration in September, they had requested detailed information about these fetal tissue practices. And Josh Shapiro decided to show up in Pittsburgh the day after the deadline for that 
for the Biden administration to provide that information. So either he didn't know that this has been going on in Pittsburgh or he was just kind of oblivious to it. But the other concern about him is if you have whistleblowers who are contacting the AG's office, um, you know, from within UPMC, you have to wonder how seriously they're taking those calls. Yeah, you mentioned that there was a letter sent by 92 members of Congress to the Biden administration. Uh, they wanted detailed information on Pitt's uh, fetal tissue research there. So Pitt has not responded yet, or they've responded to the to the letters but not made their, their response public. What's going on there? It's not really clear um, that nothing's been released publicly. Uh, so either the Biden administration has not reached out to Pitt or... Um, it, it has been private, um, but we we don't, in the, in the public do not know what's happened with that. But it's it's well past the deadline at this point for that information to have been shared. So, ninety two members of Congress have asked about this and asked the President of the United States to look into it. And as we speak here, nobody knows what the result of that is. That's correct. Yes, no, no one knows at this point. At least not from outside the um, the government. Well, hey, uh, Ryan, thanks for uh, writing the piece. There's a lot of good stuff in there. You can find it at uh, thefederalist.com. Ryan Navarro, uh, former mental health counselor at UPMC. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll be right back. can't breathe. This is David Horowitz. Those three words rocked the nation last year. The violence that came after George Floyd's death opened new fault lines in the American political landscape. David Horowitz's new book is entitled I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. From Trayvon Martin and George Floyd to Michael Brown and Breonna Taylor, the Black Lives Matter movement has lied about each and every case. The new book, I Can't Breathe, explains why black lives really don't matter to the leaders of Black Lives Matter. You'll read about the goals of the BLM movement and how those goals have nothing to do with civil rights. The leaders of Black Lives Matter won't be satisfied until America is torn down and reimagined. This book tells how we can strengthen black communities and achieve freedom for everyone. Get the new book, I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America, by best-selling author David Horowitz. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Uh, Nick, what are you doing? Well, Adam, Thanksgiving is over, so it's officially time for the holidays. And it's time for our Legacy Box Cyber Monday sale, which means you can save up to 65% when you digitize your home movies and pictures. What an incredible reason to join the millions of people who've entrusted Legacy Box to safeguard their recorded memories. Plus, Legacy Box is the best gift for you or a family member. It's what Better Homes and Gardens called the most sentimental gift to make this holiday season special. And what Reader's Digest called a genius product. That's because Legacy Box is simple and safe. Just fill and send, and you'll get your new digital copies of your treasured tapes, film reels, and photos. So turn on the Christmas music and make sure to visit LegacyBox.com and shop our Cyber Monday sale to take an unreal 65% off. Our Cyber Monday sale is going on now at LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. That's LegacyBox.com to take 65% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is John Stoggerwater, and you know that my pillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels. They've been part of this cancel culture, and they want to pass the savings on to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of my pillow for their classic standard my pillow, regularly sixty nine ninety eight, now only nineteen ninety eight with promo code. They also have queen size, regularly seventy nine ninety eight, now twenty four ninety eight with promo code, or king size, regularly eighty nine ninety eight, only twenty nine ninety eight with promo code. My pillow is not just pillows; they have over one hundred and fifty products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on MyStore.com and FrankSpeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com. 
Promo code STAG or 1-800-716-8087. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that I have uh, was able to finally get up to our place in Canada over the weekend. Uh, it's first time. It was two years ago this week that I was there last. And then COVID hit the following, what, January or February, whatever that was. Uh, and, and they're still insane up there. Um, they have, uh, I mentioned they have... Everybody wearing masks inside. It's mandatory everywhere you go. Masks, masks, masks. Not just employees in stores, but every single customer, 100% wearing masks. Um, and then I saw people walking outside uh, up in Niagara-on-the-Lake on a cold, windy day. People walking by themselves, one person on the sidewalk, not another human within 200 feet, wearing a mask, Okay. It's total insanity. So how about this? This comes from Jim Cramer. He's the guy on CNBC, um, and uh, the show is called Mad Money. And he says, this is what he said today, So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. If, and, and he says that um, nobody wants to be the bad guy, so we've allowed a pastiche of uncoordinated health organizations to dictate an on-again, off-again series of measures that mostly just leave us baffled and confused. We haven't ever centralized the issue to the point where the White House seems to take responsibility. This idiot wants Joe Biden to be able to order the military to make you get a vaccine. This is where we are. And the survivability, the survival rate, I should say, is still about 99.97 if you're not 80 and fat. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.